0: Hello, this is Danielle Savory, and you are listening to It's My Pleasure, episode number 185. In order for a woman to fully step into her power, it is essential to incorporate her pleasure, sexual, and beyond. In this podcast, I will teach you how to use your mind, tap into your body, and take action to creating the most orgasmic life. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, hello. How's everyone doing? Okay, so as I mentioned on last episode, this year... I am so thrilled for because of what I have lined up for you all on the podcast from expert guests coming on to teach you something for us to learn more about our bodies, about pleasure, about desire, from everyday women just talking about how they manage it all, how they find time for pleasure, what's changed for them when they experience more pleasure, and just people that can share their stories. We all need to be heard in this world, and we have a voice, and every single woman out there has an experience and has a story to share when it comes to her sexuality and her pleasure. And her desire. And my first guest of this season is Dr. Shama Matthews. Now, Dr. Shama Matthews was such a delight to have on the podcast. She has a resume that would impress anybody from being a board certified OBGYN to gynecological surgeon and also a certified menopause specialist. But beyond that, she also is a mama and a wife. And it's really, you know, her intention to help. As many women as possible out there in the world to find ways that they can increase their quality of life from their day to day experiences. And because of that, she recently joined this incredible company called Playground, which provides incredible lube. And so you're going to hear more about that on the podcast. You will also find in the show notes how to get a hold of these products, how to try them out. And You know, really, when I was talking to Dr. Shama, it was just such a pleasure to relate to somebody who knows so much. In their field, you are going to be so impressed with her vast array of knowledge when it comes to hormones and how it impacts our body and how it impacts our sexuality. But just her down to earth way of communicating this message to all of us and how she herself juggles it all has you know, being on this new company, taking care of her children, making the time with her and her husband, and also being a medical doctor. So, I hope that you enjoy this episode. When the episode's over, make sure you check out Dr. Shama, where you can find her on Instagram, at the Playground website, and other ways that you can connect with her and continue to learn from her. And if you find this episode helpful, make sure that you pass it on to a friend. Share it with somebody who also is going through some changes with their body and who might just want a little boost of understanding about what the heck is going on and what you can do about it. It has been my absolute pleasure to have Dr. Shama here on the podcast, and without further ado, here is the interview. Okay, Dr. Shama, welcome to It's My Pleasure. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me.
0: I just have to say, so nobody can see you right now because we are just on a podcast, but I'm like, how is it nine o'clock at night and you look so energized?
1: (laughs) I haven't turned off yet. You know, I'm like, just still go, go, go. So that's Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. We're doing this evening time. So it's six o'clock here in Portland, about nine o'clock your time. And I am just very impressed with your energy level. Um, Okay, so... I know you're an OBGYN, I've met a lot of OBGYNs being in this field, but also just from personal experiences, my sisters, doctors, all of that sort of thing. But you decided to really like lean into sexual wellness, which isn't necessarily a part of being an OBGYN. So what led you to like really focusing on sexual wellness?
1: So um, I've leaned in to the gynecology side of it, To begin with, right? So I'm I'm a practicing gynecologist. I don't do any obstetrics.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: That really got me interested in all the other like non pregnancy aspects of women's health, Um, minimally invasive surgery, chronic pelvic pain, endometriosis, fibroids, and a common thread through all of that is sexual dysfunction. And so Mm -hmm. you know, really being able to talk to my patients and and hear them out about how they struggle with those issues. Um, And then all the way into things like menopause, postpartum, um, intercourse Mm -hmm. and intimacy, like all of these other areas where I feel like, unfortunately, it's not a highlighted area of our training when we're going through, you know, medical school or residency. So for an OBGYN to focus on that and be open to talking about it and, you know, be um, sort of a, no shame no you know judgment zone to kind yeah. of voice your concerns and really kind of work through them that's been something i'm i've been excited about so
0: yeah i love it and and it's so true what you say i mean from um just my own personal experiences with my obgyn i was so surprised of like how little discussion there actually was around sexuality or how it's brought up or even what they did or didn't know because you would think like this is a big part of being a human being that there would you know necessarily be more emphasis and that the gynecologist would be the doctor that would know the things
1: yeah yeah I, I agree and that you know it really took me being able to kind of key into some mentors that I that I gained during my fellowship training um, uh, and then in practice, you know, different courses and programs I've attended. And again, talking to patients and trying to come up with, you know, options for them, um, pelvic wellness, pelvic floor physical therapists that I work with. So kind of pulling all of this stuff together because there's so much to it, um, that really impacts a woman. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I'm so happy you decided to do that.
0: So you mentioned the word sexual dysfunction. And I think anytime that we hear the word dysfunction, it automatically can kind of trigger, you know, a nervous system response. There's something wrong with me. What's the problem? But I would love for you to just describe a little bit more about what you actually mean by sexual dysfunction. um, Because I'm sure some women are like, is that me? Am I the one that has
1: the dysfunction? What, what does that mean? What's going on? Right. Um. So, you know, as you said, sexuality, like intimacy, sex should be a healthy part, right. Of our normal um, life, lifestyle um, yeah. and wellness. So there's sexual wellness. That's part of it, right. Like really paying attention to that, being able to sort of focus on pleasure, what's important to us, how we feel during intercourse or intimacy, like, But the thing that really makes you kind of wonder about dysfunction or think about dysfunction is discomfort or pain or Mm -hmm. disconnect between your desire and how your body is responding to that. Mm -hmm. Libido. Are you aroused? Are you able to get aroused? What are all of the things and the components there? And for women, that's incredibly complicated, right? If there's a whole... Psychological component, there's a whole physical component, there's hormonal aspects to it. So the dysfunction comes where all of those things don't necessarily line up for some women. And so trying to figure out what's the piece that's missing or issues that could be potentially resolved and how do you approach that? And there's different ways to approach it, not just, you know, medication or treatments or surgeries. It could be things like therapy, it could be, you know, uh, discussions with your partner, it could be communication, so many aspects to it. But Really, kind of figuring out those those pieces and what's you know what's not falling into place,
0: yeah, yeah, and I love how you you describe that kind of as these pieces coming together because, you know, in my coaching practice, I've worked with thousands of women at this point, and really, you know, for so many of them, it is that emotional, that psychological piece, that communication, the stress, the mental load, all of these things. And there's also always that encouragement on my side, like still make, still go get your stuff checked out, right? Still get your shit checked yeah. out. Still see your doctor. Sure because it really is complex and it really is complicated. And if we want to take a look at how all these pieces put together, why wouldn't we put effort into each one of these pieces to really have that um, optimized like pleasure potential as I like to think of it? Absolutely. Yeah, I love it. Okay. So I turned 40 a year ago and you know, I think that, you know, one of the hot topics that I see just among my friends and other 40 year olds is this whole idea of perimenopause, or that, the, you know, that's the term being thrown around. And I find it so fascinating just having these discussions in and of it themselves, but also just this word perimenopause, because five years ago, I hadn't even heard of this word before. And it seems like now we are talking about this term, this phrase, perimenopause. So could you kind of explain the difference for the listeners between like, what is perimenopause versus menopause versus menopausal? Like, I think right. that just understanding the differences between all these descriptions helps us kind of be able to research
1: and address those concerns better. Uh- Absolutely. And and you're right. I think there's a lot of sort of mystery around it. There's not a lot of sort of clear information or education around it. Um, You're right. You're hearing about it more now because I do think more people are talking about it, asking the questions, you know, wanting to be prepared and and, um, be uh, educated as they go into it so they know what they're facing. So menopause, right, is once you've reached one full year of not getting a period, we mm-hmm. consider that reaching menopause. So, mm-hmm. menop- you're know, then menopausal in that time frame. So, it's a dream. Menop- like, Sorry
0: to interrupt. So, menopausal, like after it's been that year, yeah. now I haven't had my period. Now
1: I'm menopausal, like after that year mark, basically. Yeah, correct. Okay. And so, perimenopause is everything before that. And that okay. can be anywhere from five to seven years. So, Having this discussion as you're entering your 40s is the right time to have it because the average age of menopause is about 51, 52. Like that's when most women will go through that one year without getting their period and really kind of get to that other side. So, in all those years leading up to it, it can present as various symptoms and it could be various constellations. And the thing is, every woman goes through a different set of these. Like it could be a completely Smooth transition with almost no symptoms. Suddenly your period stops and it's all gone. That that could be it. But then there's lucky social- that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who are these super women? Where do I they take know, their vitamins? I know.
1: <laughs> um, and I wish, I wish, I, I knew what was different or what was you know what was the the key to that. Nobody yeah. knows. Um, yeah. And I'm sure it's multifactorial with genetics in play, and you're right, environment and exposures, and all these other kinds of things as well. But then you could have a whole, you know, gamut of symptoms, everything from, you know, physical things, hot flashes, night sweats. Um, it can be emotional things, anxiety, depression. It could be other symptoms that are sort of a bit less common, but, but present, uh, can present with things like joint pain and palpitations and, you know, sleep disturbances, urinary issues, sexual function issues. So like there could be lots of different things. And it's just really being aware that these things starting to happen could yeah. be a reason to have this conversation with your provider about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So like that, well, let me ask, this might be a stupid question, but I'm also believer in no stupid questions. So you're like, okay, menopause happens. It's been a year now. I'm menopausal. So are you menopausal then? Or are you considered menopausal for the rest of your life? Yeah, or do you reach a period
1: like, where you're not anymore? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's basically like there's that line in the sand like you're a menopausal, you're post menopause. I mean, we use different yeah. terms for this. It's just okay, you finish that transition, you're now in this menopausal, post menopause like phase, and that's okay. just what you are. That just means you're after your reproductive years, you're no longer menstruating, you're you've no, yeah. You that's got it, you're in that. Um, now, where does the, where do the symptoms go away? That varies too. Yeah. So some people, it does trickle into those years, those initial years in menopause. once you're done with yeah. the period, it could go on for a couple of years. Eventually what happens is your body settles into, you know, a new steady state, right? Our, mm-hmm. our reproductive years, our hormones are kind of fluctuating. That's what gives us a cycle. That's what causes us to ovulate. Our, you know, our lining of a uterus builds up and that's why we have a period. Yeah. As we're going through perimenopause and that menopause transition, those hormones are fluctuating. They're kind of going up and down. They don't necessarily have you know, a very predictable pattern. Um, and then they start trending downwards once you're done with your period because you no longer have levels that induce a period anymore. You no right. longer have levels of hormone that cause you to ovulate anymore. So once your body settles into that kind of new steady state and gets adjusted mm-hmm. to it, that's typically when those symptoms start to phase out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, become uh, either very minimal, mild, um, or completely gone. And that will vary for a lot of people. Okay. Yeah. That's good to know.
0: (laughs) There there (laughs) There is a a settling in. There is something where there is some, like, uh, normalcy that you can see in your cycles. Okay. So then... Just on that same vein, like if you're noticing these symptoms, if you're noticing these perimenopause symptoms, menopausal symptoms, like when should myself, like the listeners, when they, should they be concerned that it is something to talk to someone about versus this is just normal, this is what to expect?
1: Sure. I mean, it's never wrong to bring it up, right? So that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons I think it's a great idea to have regular conversations. Annual yeah. visits with your GYN provider, um, staying in touch and in tune with these symptoms, tracking your cycle, tracking mm-hmm. some of these symptoms, and bringing that up. Hey, you know what? I noticed in the last year, my cycles are changing, and this is how um, yeah. I'm noticing. I have some of these, you know, symptoms. They sound like they could be perimenopause. What do you think? Hot flashes, night sweats, sleep disturbances, et cetera. Now, you may need to get checked out to make sure it's not some other kinds of things. So, for example, thyroid yeah. dysfunction can start mm-hmm. up this way, mm-hmm. like thyroid issues. So it is not wrong to bring it up so that those, you know, issues can also be evaluated. Uh, but as this happens, many of those things come back normal. Many people ask about testing hormones, like or estrogen levels. They're yeah. not always accurate because they fluctuate, right? Yeah. Okay. Especially as you're kind of going in and out of it. If you're even if you're getting irregular or like skipped periods, very often these levels will fluctuate so much that you can't necessarily pinpoint it. And say, oh, mm-hmm. that's it. Absolutely, get the diagnosis. Um, so I often make it as a clinical diagnosis for for my patients, where I say, you know, you're going through these symptoms. You're in this age range. You haven't gotten that one full year yet, so you're not quite there yet. So this is what we call Perry. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good to know.
0: So just talk. Just talk to your people. Talk to yeah. talk to our teams around us. Doesn't <laughs> hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So you know, I think a common concern for a lot of women. Is, you know, and especially for my clients, is actual arousal and thinking about arousal as different than our desire, our libido. Like the want can be there, like the actual desire can be there. I'm leaning in, I'm feeling good, I'm doing all these things, but I'm not getting the response in my body, maybe like I used to, or maybe like, you know, I would expect if I'm wanting something so much and wanting that desire then what really is going on with that disconnect between my body having that arousal response?
1: Sure, so you have to keep in mind our bodies change during this time. And so Mm -hmm. one of the things is just the levels of estrogen and how that affects our vaginal areas, our vulvar tissues, our lubrication, our sensitivity. Mm -hmm. Uh, All of those things can be affected Mm -hmm. by those levels kind of fluctuating. That's one. And then the anatomy too, as far as what is sensitive, what, you know, where do you find pleasure? Where do you reach, you know, orgasm or you're able to be stimulated. So assessing for that and kind of feeling for it, maybe it, it might be a time where you have to kind of adjust your approach a little bit. It may take a little bit of, you know, self-exploration and a little bit of research to figure out, hey, what's different about me now that that this could, could use a little bit of a different direction, for example. Um, that's one thing. And the other thing is, if any part of it is uncomfortable, painful, if there's dryness, um if there's discomfort, that too keeps your body from responding to it. Mm-hmm. So that's another mm-hmm. reason where you know, paying attention to, is there enough lubrication? Are you feeling too much friction? Is there sensitivity? Are you getting infections afterwards? Is, you know, mm-hmm. is there something? Is there a negative response that's then feeding back into your body's, Response and arousal to that, you know, desire or want, because that's going to impede that. It's going to keep it from reaching that too. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I love what you're you're saying here, and I'm specifically curious about when you say like your sensitivity can change. Like, what anatomically is happening to like the vulvar tissue and 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 the vagina? that would decrease or change that sensitivity, like, from an anatomical perspective?
1: So those areas are, I mean, first of all, you know, incredibly sensitive to hormone mm-hmm. shifts and hormone changes, mm-hmm. right? So estrogen plays a role, testosterone plays a role, progesterone, um, and then also the, the centers of where nerves kind of enervate those tissues. If we're mm-hmm. just starting to understand the sort of complexity and depth of that. Like, mm-hmm. it, these are things that only more recently are we even getting like anatomically correct, you know. I models. know, thank goodness. It's Took gray long gray enough. For- yes. <laughs> <laughs> it used to just be this like kind of gray area. No one really. Yeah. Knows. They're
0: like, there's something happening in, you know, that other part of the population's body <laughs> down there. We're not, we don't really know, but there's, there's
1: some nerve stuff. Here. So yeah. we're still kind of really exploring. And I mean, I think we're really only a fraction of the way to completely understanding it, but. These areas are incredibly sensitive to all of these things. Mm -hmm. So when those shifts are happening, that's what's changing, how those Mm -hmm. tissues are responding, how much blood flow is coming to those areas, Mm -hmm. how sensitive they are even to touch, how those nerves respond, um, Mm -hmm. how they engorge, how they fill up, you know, in response to touch and and stimulus. So all of those things kind of shift and particularly underlying that in this perimenopausal phase, has mm-hmm. a lot to do with the hormone shifts as well, and there are other times in one's life where hormones can be at play that affect this, right? So, for example, yeah. after pregnancy, um, during pregnancy, and after, yeah. and, and during breastfeeding. I mean, these times yeah. um, where those hormones are also different than our usual uh, balances. Um, on certain medications, even something as common as some birth control pills can affect right. how sensitive and you know lubrication and and um, uh, the ability for arousal. Other medications that we typically use for depression and anxiety can affect, you know, how our, our um, anatomy responds. So there are so many areas that this all, and again, I don't, I don't know that necessarily everybody knows why certain meds make these areas, these tissues yeah. respond that way. I don't know that we have a exact understanding of it, but it's been shown enough times that, you know, there's like an understanding that that's there. That's not in your head. That's not, you know, in ab. that's not a, unexpected response. Most of the time, it's something that if you acknowledge it and you realize, okay, that is something that's going on, you know, how can then we navigate around them? Right.
0: Right. Okay. I love that. And I love just thinking about, um, you know, the tissues themselves and how they're responding can play a factor because it's so much of you know, as you know, in this work, it can be an emotional response, a psychological response, but even just changing our tone of like, okay, like what you said, like, let's see how else we can do it. And I find that so important, you know, Working with clients going through this change, or when I'm working with clients, you know, in the mental puzzle, it's not that we have to ignore these or pretend they aren't here. It's just, but we also don't need to make it problematic. We can be like, okay, things are changing, things are shifting, tissues are responding different. How are we now going to address this? How are we going to still experience
1: pleasure? Pleasure. And I I love that that's also the word you use because. I will say the same thing where it's, it's really about achieving pleasure, right? So that can yeah. come from so many different ways yeah. and it doesn't need to be just fixated on one thing, like, you know, reaching this like climax or orgasm necessarily. There are so many aspects to that that can be explored and enjoyed and, you know, increase intimacy between partners. So to really yeah. focus on the pleasure side of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned lubrication a number of different times. And, you know, as I mentioned in your introduction, before you copped on the call here with me, you are involved in a company where you have lubrication. So tell me just your approach to lubrication, why you got involved with this company and more about it so we can just understand about lube.
1: Sure. So from lubrication to me should be a a sort of a, a basic, Right. It should be something that we have (laughs) access to, that we are not ashamed to use, that we enjoy, that we really embrace and really selecting products that take care of us, right? That we want to be of good quality, that are well thought out, that are really formulated for our bodies, meant to maintain a balance. And that's why I got involved with Playground, which is a female like sexual wellness company. And their main products are Um, lubricants and an intimacy oil. And the idea behind them is that they were formulated specifically with the female body in mind, right? The way that we respond, how our microbiomes are, the balances that we have. And the idea is that that lubrication shouldn't be gross. It shouldn't be sticky. It shouldn't be, you know, it should be something fun. It should be something that we want to use, that we want to keep at our bedside and have easy access to and really Allow it to help and enhance our in, entire experience, right? So, making it part of the norm, part of the conversation, part of the tools at our disposal for our pleasure is really the yeah. idea behind it. And it was such a, a cool concept in this particular company. I just loved how much thought they put into it. The founders are incredible women yeah. that you know came into this from the health and wellness space with this goal in mind of really creating a product that was you know valuable and helpful. Um, And I've just had a lot of fun being kind of their, you know, sort of medical go to, you know, answering questions about stuff, educating, whether it's like, you know, people within the company or users um, about how, you know, our body responds to different things and how lubrication can be really key in that whole concept of sex shouldn't be painful, shouldn't be uncomfortable, shouldn't lead to negative, you know, feelings or sensations or situations afterwards. So how can we make that better? Yeah.
0: And I, I I mean, I just love this conversation in general because I am such an advocate for lubrication and (laughs) like, I just still can't believe sometimes when we're like, oh, I don't use it. And then they're like, oh, but it's people. I'm like, what? (laughs) Like, get it. Like, like, and I'm sending them all a list of all of the different lubrications because it is, it really does make uh, such a difference. And when we're talking about taking responsibility for our pleasure, owning our pleasure, leaning into our pleasure, making sure these interactions are pleasurable, being well lubricated is such an important piece. And I really love how you said there too, just to normalize it. Because I think for so many of us, you know, especially growing up, I mean, thank goodness for all the the young, the 20 somethings now, because they are like, oh, this is just normal. It can just be part of it. But for somebody like me, it wasn't talked about it was like a problem It but it it would be something and even if you got it like you said it was sticky it was gross so it's like I shouldn't have to if I'm turned on I shouldn't need this right Right.
1: and that actually you're right that negative connotation has been there for a really long time and then also then it's also fed back to us from our partners well why would you need lube if I if you're turned on by me, if you're, you know, attracted to me, if this, you know, so there's that shame surrounding it too, for needing it, which is like, let's get rid of all of that. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with you being able to enjoy this and that it, again, it shouldn't be painful. It shouldn't be uncomfortable. You know, if you're getting, if you shouldn't be getting UTIs after sex, like, I mean, you know, so if those things are, it's happening, you have to kind of figure out why are they happening? And, And honestly, many times lubrication is part of the issue.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so, do you have um, products? I haven't got to check out. I haven't got to try them out yet, but I'm very excited to. And I'll definitely put put um, put my my review on here, being <laughs> being a lubricant advocate. But I'm assuming you then have um, a different line for like being that are like safe for sex toys and condoms and all of that. Because yeah. I do know that is a big thing. And a lot of women don't understand that you can't just use any lube with a lot of most of the sex toys out there now.
1: Right. So the, the, there are four lubricants that are water-based personal lubricants. There's one that's unscented and then the other three have gentle sort of playful scents. Um, mm-hmm. They have fun names, love sash and date night after hours that are like really fun and cute. Like yeah, even yeah. the way that they're you know presented um so those are all condom safe you know you can use them internally externally you can use it for penetration you know everything is a go one of the newer products is actually an intimacy oil it's a pleasure enhancing oil it, can, it contains a lot of herbal components like ashwagandha it's meant to be sort of enhancing of the pleasure but that is an oil so it's not condom safe um, so it's really meant to be used you know if you're going to use it for intercourse more externally Um, As part of the experience, sure, if, if, you know, you're using condoms with your partner, if you're not, then it's fine to use internally or externally, it's safe. But the the products are there available for any part of that experience, really. So it's kind of what you're looking for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Cause I think, I think that is like, you know, myth number one, we shouldn't need lubrication. Myth number two, like all loops are the same, right? (laughs) Myth number three, there should be safe for all of it. And it's just like, there's so many things that I think that women need to really understand because the world of lubrication has changed and Mm -hmm. it is important. It can be used, you know, for a variety of things and it shouldn't, not all of them should be used, especially if you're using condoms for protection. If you're exactly. using silicone toys, all of those sorts of things. Right. Um, okay, so you're a mama, you're a doctor, <laughs> you're a sexologist, a go-to for this company. Like you, obviously, have a lot of things going on. How do you make time to have sexy time and You know, sexual pleasure for yourself and with your partner.
1: I have my life so. Schedule like you wouldn't believe. Like we were just talking about it. One of it is just having me and my partner in the same house. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We also, you know, our our kids are young, but we really do try to lean on, you know, the people in our lives, whether it's family or Mm -hmm. we have a wonderful nanny, whatever it is, to be able to get away a little bit. Yeah. Date nights. We love to travel together. So, you know, we'll get away and just be able to kind of spend some of that alone time. Um, So it really is about creating that time and space. Um, I think it's hard. There are different times in one's life where there's career stress for one or the other partner, being a mom, going through, you know, what your body goes through during pregnancy and postpartum and getting your body back after all of that is a process in and of itself. There are times where you are just a mental overload, touch overload. I mean, All of the things, sleep deprivation, where all these things can be real difficult. So we go through, you know, lulls every now and then, but it's always fun to get back to it. And I think one of those things that, you know, if it's something that you prioritize, it's important to you. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's something that, you know, it's never a closed chapter. Um, Yeah. I talk to women of all ages. It should never be a closed chapter. It's something if you're interested and you care about it and you want to do it, let's make it happen. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I love that you, that part that not being a closed chapter, right? That, that we might have ebbs and flows and it might look different, but that it's not this closed door. Cause I think that there's so many of us where it feels that way or it could feel that way or we lean into it, whether it's an age thing or a busy thing or a postpartum thing. And I really love the idea of just like thinking you know, of course, of course, it's going to look different, but to always have that line of connection there, always to have that like connection to our pleasure.
1: And I think communication is key too, because, you know, as much as just in our worlds from the, you know, female body standpoint, how little we're educated about our own pleasure. I mean, males, I feel like get nothing. No, (laughs) no. we are, you know, bold enough to share what we're going through and like bring them on that journey with us. Like, I feel like they're kind of left in the dark and they yeah. don't know what's going on and yeah. nobody's telling them and they don't know who to talk to about it. Yeah. So-
0: they're like, wait, you just don't, do you just not like me anymore? It's like, so it's so simple. Most of the time, it's really just like their mind goes, she used to like this. She doesn't. Maybe she doesn't like me. <laughs> it's like, no, right. it has absolutely nothing to do with that. Right. I'm holding all of this in my head and this whole busy day, I've been taking care of children and the business and the dogs and this and
1: yeah. That's that.
0: Yeah, has nothing to and do so, with you actually.
1: And ri- exactly. So sometimes really being able to be, you know, open with that communication and really explaining yeah. or even kind of learning it together. Like, listen, this is what my body's going through. This is what my you know, mind is going through. This is why there's that, there's this kind of push and pull and it's a little bit difficult to kind of central in on, center in on this. So a lot of times I'll talk to people in ways I'm sure that you do too, like create the time for that. Like, take yeah. the space, you know, step away from all of that. So you can feel human and yes. uh, sexy and and like, you know, pretty and want to, and, and, you know, yeah. have, have sort of a, um, time away from all of it. It's very difficult to go from laundry and dishes and be like, all right, let's have sex in the middle of all this. <laughs> so yeah. It's just, yeah.
0: You know, Unless you're going <laughs> on top of the dryer. That's always a good thing. Sure, sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, you know, when you're in yeah. those modes, yes. it's very difficult to transition for a, of, for a lot of women. So yeah. I feel like a lot of that comes into play too. And having that conversation with your partner and being like, "Hey, let's let's do something special because I want to feel special. I want to make this special. I want it to be something that we both, you know, enjoy." And they're usually on board for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. Okay, so final question, and I ask this to all my guests that come on: How do you think the world would change if more women were pleasured?
1: Wow. Um, I think we would have a lot more women in positions of power. I'll tell you this, Mm -hmm. because I think that if women were pleasured and really put the sort of importance on pleasure and being pleasured and feeling deserving of it and wanting it, I feel like Mm -hmm. that kind of translates into confidence. And sort of power in so many other ways that I feel like we yeah. can, you know, lift ourselves up and lift each other up by just, you know, being com- comfortable and confident to be the center of attention to get that, you know? Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. One hundred percent. I. I... <laughs> Yay! Yeah. I love that. I love the answers that come to it. And every single one is right, because it's like it's really seeing how much things would shift when we're pleasured, like how how restricted we have been by not giving ourselves, like you said, the deserving and the power and leaning into it and making time for it. But what a beautiful and powerful resource it is for us when we do. And it's like to think about what's possible um, for us as women to just experience a little bit more pleasure, like ripples. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, well thank you so much. Um, I would love for you just to share where people can find you, share more about like playground and how
1: they can contact you if they'd like to. Sure. So you can visit helloplayground.com. For the products, there's also a section called after hours with Dr. Sharma where I answer mm-hmm. questions about women's health and sexual wellness. I'm also on social media at Dr. Matthews GYN and also drmatthewsgyn.com as a personal website.
0: Okay, sounds good. And I will link all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on today. It's
1: been my pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: That was such a fun interview. So in summary, some of the things that we talked about was, you know, how we go through these changes and all of the pieces that come together. Sure, there are aspects of our changes that might be hormone related and how we can take a look at our hormones and see if something with hormone therapy or hormone supplements might make a difference. But she also mentioned that there's so many other factors that go in our stress, our communication with our partner and all. Also, just the psychological aspect, which is what we talk so much about here on this podcast. I learned so much when we talked about just some of the symptoms to watch out for, because there is so many, you know, misinformation out there. Plus, this isn't a topic that most of us have spent a lot of time talking about. Whether it's perimenopause or menopause, it's always been this hush-hush taboo topic. So, I hope you learned a few things so that you can check in with yourself, check in with your friends, check in with your body, and start to notice what. What's going on and when and if you should see a doctor. And of course, we talked about sexual pleasure and the importance of lubrication, especially as we're going through these changes, how effective lubrication can be when it comes to our pleasure, when it comes to our desire. As you know, I'm a huge advocate of every single person using lube. I absolutely love to use lube because it. number one, it turns me on. It feels really good. And we talk about some other reasons. Why this is so important. And then the last thing we talked about is the importance of prioritizing pleasure is even if you have a very full life, a very busy schedule, how it can really impact our overall well-being, how prioritizing pleasure and connection in our busy lives not only helps us as women go on and do the big and bold things that we want to in the world, but the ripple effect that has on not just our relationship, but the people that we love in our family unit and beyond. As always, it's been my absolute pleasure to have you here this week. Can't wait to bring you more interviews just like this. Make sure you follow along in the show. And if you have a couple of minutes, take the time to write a review. I always love reading these and it really helps us spread the message about this important topic of prioritizing our pleasure, reclaiming our sexuality, and experiencing mind-blowing and orgasmic experiences. Have a wonderful week. Can't wait to talk with you next week.